Silva, I'm so glad that you have an episode now that you're talking about one of my one of my favorite, not just one of my favorite female singers of all time, one of my favorite vocalists and performers of all time. I think uh, Shaka Khan, one of the greatest to ever do it, and I thank the God Almighty that she is still to this day a living legend. And um, she's just given us so many great, um, so many great gems in music. And uh, whether with Rufus or um, as a solo artist, um, wow, I think my first memory of hearing Shaka Khan or any Shaka Khan song, whether who or not was singing it, um, was, this is for the Gen Z's or um, there's a movie animated movie cgi that came out in 2006 it was called happy feet penguins right and uh singing penguins if <laughs> for that matter um and at the very beginning they had did like a med- medley of some songs and uh in the midst of that i hear tell me something good 
And I'm like, okay, that's something. Like, I'm in for a treat for this movie. One of my favorite movies as a kid growing up. And then fast forward to like 2012, I was, um, I discovered Soul Train. Oh, actually, I was like a year into getting into Soul Train. And they had come out with a collection of like different performances from the show, right? And they were talking about different artists from the 70s. And they mentioned Rufus and Shaka Khan. And then again, I heard that same song. Tell me something good. And I'm like, oh, that's where that's from. So, <laughs> yeah, my introduction to Shaka Khan is very interesting. Um, and then to find out that Stevie Wonder, one of my favorite artists, period, top three for me, actually wrote that song. It's kind of like, wow. And... uh I discovered through more Shaka Khan through um, Erica Badu, her version of Hollywood. And, you know, my love for Shaka Khan just gradually grew from there. You know, Ain't Nobody and What You Gonna Do For Me and um, Hot Butterfly off the off the Naughty album. Um, I'm Every Woman, realizing that that was an original that Whitney Houston later covered. You know, I heard Whitney Houston's version before I heard Shaka's, right? So that got to, that showed me, oh, okay, she a legend for real if Whitney Houston is covering her, you know, and, um, you know, and then a few years back, um, I say around spring of 2021, um, I went back to listening to full albums again and seeing that always, you know, there's body of works out there. That's not just singles or, or just singular songs. Like there's albums that are intentionally sequenced for it to be enjoyed fully, you know? So, um, the Ask Rufus album, definitely my favorite. The What You Gonna Do For Me album, love it. Um, just her exuberance and her infectious energy and beautiful, beautiful woman. And she could just sing her tail off from the highest highs to the lowest of lows. You know, her range is sickening and um, her style is very unique. When you hear a Rufus song or when you hear a Shaka song, you know, you know what you're going to get every time. You know, if you know, it's really a let Shaka be Shaka thing when it comes to Shaka Khan. You know, when when she gets on a song, so that's what, definitely what I love about her. And, one, and like I said before, it's um, it's a blessing for us to still have her, and um, and she's been receiving her flowers in a tremendous manner. And um, I appreciate you and your platform to um, to share the good music and the great artist that is Shaka Khan, uh, whether with her work with Rufus, as well as her solo stuff, all that combined, you know, we all should thank Shaka Khan because she has many daughters out here right now. I think of people like Lettucey and um, Fantasia to an extent and uh, um, there's other others, even, even like a Yolanda Adams, I hear a, a hint of Shaka Khan in her voice sometimes. So yeah, she's a wonderful talent living legend and her music will forever stand the test of time for real welcome everybody to the latest edition of the legends of sports and music this is your host the og rob silver and today we are celebrating the first love of my life the first crush i ever had on a woman the very beautiful and in four weeks from today i'm recording this on february 23rd on march 23rd the timeless beauty the never-ending beautiful shaka khan turned 70 years old and today 
she is still a stunning exotic beauty. Today, we are paying tribute to her phenomenal career that has now spanned over 50 years. Shout out to Kamani, young, young, old soul, 22 years old, soon to be 23, and the man, the young brother, has a wealth of musical knowledge. I appreciate his contributions the last two weeks here on the Legends of Sports and Music. First on Tina Marie and now on Shaka Khan. First time I saw Shaka Khan, she performed Tell Me Something Good, the song that we opened the podcast with, on Soul Train. And I was mistaken. I always felt it was 1975. No! It was 1974, so I was six years old. Watching on a small black and white TV in my parents' bedroom, Soul Train that used to come on Saturday mornings on Channel 11, WPIX, New York, 11 a.m. Might have changed to noon later on, but it was 11 a.m. back in 1974. I'm sitting down with my mom and my father watching Soul Train. And the first time I see Rufus... The group And Shaka Khan comes out With this short Black hair I Not really short If I'm trying to remember It Was uh, I don't know A perm with, with, with uh, I I don't know All I know is I love the way she wore her hair And her smile drove me fucking bananas with that caramel complexion and an exotic beauty. And when she started singing, ladies and gentlemen, and the way she looked with her midriff showing and her natural, beautiful f- figure, my dick got hard right away. And my mother realized. And my mother's like, I think we need to turn the TV off. And my father's like, no, no, we we watching this. Why, we watch Soul Train every Saturday. Why should we turn the TV off? And she was like, because your son is in heat. And my father looked at, my, at, at me and saw me lusting at the black and white television with my eyes. Totally transfixed on Shaka Khan, and my and my father's like, nah, nah, let nah, nah, let 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 we ain't turning that shit off. Nah, let 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 him fantasize. This is good for him. <laughs> and my mother looked at me, and my mother looked at my father, and my mother left the bedroom. She was pissed. She was pissed that uh her son, her six year old son, her oldest child, was. Mesmerized And she knew I was horny as a fuck And that would be the first Of many times That I saw Shaka Khan on Soul Train And whenever she came on My mother would suck her teeth and go Oh My son Robert gonna fucking lose his mind again And my father would smile Now My father was never physically attracted To Shaka Khan Cause Shaka Khan was not my father's type But the day that day, six years old, I saw a 21-year-old Shaka Khan. And from that moment on, 
That was the type of woman that I have fallen for heavily. Anybody who knows me personally knows that I love short, caramel women with beautiful smiles and big booties. Shaka Khan set the trend that I continue to this day, 49 years later. I mean, I lost my goddamn mind. One of the reasons why my first real huge crush on a woman was the woman I, the young girl that I would eventually take to my prom, my high school classmate Michelle. She had a similar look to Shaka Khan. Uh, my first real girlfriend in college, Dana. Had the same type of exotic look and figure like a Shaka Khan. It would be years later that another female. It wouldn't be two years later that another female artist had me transfixed. Had me mesmerized like Shaka Khan did. And that would be Mary J. Blige. And I'll talk more about that during the Sweet Thing um, segment. But ladies and gentlemen, I could not believe my eyes. And she sounded like an angel. She looked like an angel. She was the woman of my dreams. Shaka Khan. Oh my Lord. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen. Shaka's almost twice the age. Well, no, she's 32 years older. About to be 33 years older. Than the woman that I'm currently with. If Shaka knocked on my door and said. Oh I heard you Mr. Silva. I heard you've had a thing for me since you was a little boy. You want some of this action? (laughs) Gotta give me a hall pass baby. Gotta give me a hall pass. Because. I could be 70 and Shaka could be 85. Let her kill me with a heart attack. (laughs) All jokes aside, I had never seen such a more beautiful vision. And throughout Shaka's career, through the ups and downs, through through her trials and tribulations, through her drug use, through her bouts with... Obesity. She never lost that beautiful aura and that smile that lights up an entire fucking room. I love a beautiful smile from a beautiful woman. And when she smiled on that Soul Train stage, I lost my fucking mind. And I think the reason why Don Cornelius had such a great rapport with Shaka Khan was that they both came from Chicago. They both knew many of the same people and they both, I I guess you could say, had that... Chicago style or swagger That Chicago flavor And you're going to hear Some voice notes today 
I believe three Chicago natives, three people that are regular contributors to the podcast, talk about the influence that Shaka had in Chicago as being a Chicago legend, a bona fide Chicago legend, born and raised on the South Side. And Shaka always talks about her love for Chicago. Recently, Shaka Khan was on the Jennifer Hudson show. Jennifer Hudson, another Chicago legend. And the way these two ladies bonded, even though Shaka and Jennifer Hudson about 25 to 30 years apart age-wise, the sisterly bond that these two women shared and Shaka was very open with Jennifer. And Jennifer Hudson, in my opinion, is the best talk show host out there now because she's a beautiful woman who's very charming and she makes you feel relaxed and you... Let your guard down. And Shaka probably sees a lot of herself in Jennifer. And Shaka opened up about Tell Me Something Good, the song I played, played, and how Stevie Wonder came to a session and had some songs for Rufus, for Shaka, to sing lead on. And Shaka said, nah. The, the first couple of songs, Shaka said, nah, nah, that, that's not for me. No, nah, that's not for us. Until she heard... Tell me something good And she was like that's the one And that's the song That springboarded Rufus Into being one of the biggest Funk groups Of the 70's And Shaka Khan Earning the title The Queen of Funk And I will talk more about that title And why she was the Queen of Funk After we hear My man JR Talk about the greatness of the next song that we're going to play and we'll talk all about it on the other side what's going on everybody this is jr from the r&b representatives and i am back yet again to talk about shaka khan man um what can i say uh a voice that changed music in the 70s a lot of people don't seem to understand that and um you know it, it's crazy to me because you know, it was all about Aretha Franklin at this time. And, and like, 67 to, like, 72, it was like, or 73, let's just say, that Aretha really couldn't be touched by anybody as far as the top dog. Now, don't get me wrong, you had Gladys and you had, you know, that was kind of her, quote, unquote, rival. I don't like to say that word, but it was kind of that. But... Then these new girls started to come in, and we're talking about the Shaka Khans and the Natalie Coles and the Donna Summer, girls that was able to sing, and they were young, and they were connecting to the younger generation at that time. Don't get me wrong, Aretha was still the girl, but after a while, you know, now she opened that door so you can get new girls like the Shaka and, and, and things like that. So when we heard Shaka's voice, it was something different. It was... It was funky. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, Aretha was also on funky tracks, just like, um, you know, Rocksteady and things like that. But it was a whole new movement coming in with these bands and things like that. And, you know, Rufus comes out and, you know, the first album they came out with really didn't do too much. You know what I mean? But it got them really noticed. You know what I'm saying? And people started taking notice like Stevie Wonder. So once Stevie Wonder comes in and he writes, tell me something good from them, it put them on the map. And then you got the love and things like that. So now 
it's like people know this new girl coming in wearing the midriffs and, you know, things like that. That's very sexy and things like and bringing in some new flavor and bringing in a new voice because Shaka has a voice that nobody can emulate or anything. So then they come out with this second album. Um, I, I don't want to say the title wrong. I might say it wrong. Y'all don't bother me. Don't don't get on me. But uh, Rufified, Rufified, if I'm not, hopefully I pronounce this mess right. But then the first single is Once You Get Started. And that record to me is really my favorite Rufus record because it reminds me of Soul Train. It reminds me of just being black. You know what I'm saying? It's such a black record to me. And when you go on YouTube, if you guys check it out on YouTube and check out, you know, the Soul Train line of them doing this record, it's just so fun. It's so like it makes you want to dance. You know what I'm saying? And and Rufus are going off. But one thing about this record that I always say, Shaka came in singing and wailing on the girls like she was letting it be known. I am Shaka Khan. I'm here and you going to hear me just how it opens, and she just go wailing on him. You know what I'm saying? With, it sounded like a horn, which, if you know me, I love horns. And Shaka came in just wailing. So I know it, it had to get the girls shaking in their boots. I'm talking about Aretha and Gladys, and, 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 and you know, by this time, Patty has finally got her big crossover success with her girls, LaBelle and, and Lady Marmalade. But Shaka came in with something different. Nobody was singing like her. You know what I'm saying? And it was kind of a change in music. You know what I'm saying? And then now it was just, I, I just I just love it. And they just let Shaka just go on this record. And it's such a commercial single. You know what I'm saying? Like, But I think a lot of people, when you think about Rufus, a lot of people go to like the other songs that start as like, tell me something good and, 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 um, you know, sweet thing and and stay and and things like that. But me, listen to me. Once you get started, the way Shaka is wailing on the girls on this song, you can't deny that her voice is just something that is just literally one of the vo best voices we've heard ever. You know what I mean? And I love how they just let her go on it. It's such a fun record. Anytime I hear it, I just want to go down the Soul Train line and just jam. You know what I mean? And it's such a great, great joint. But I think I kept you guys long enough because I always try to get history on y'all. And I apologize. That's just me. You know what I mean? But this song, Once You Get Started, is so great. And uh, yo, when Rob play this joint, please, please jam out because it feels so good. And you're going to want to go down the Soul Train line. I'm telling y'all. I know I will when he play this joint. So what y'all about to hear is Once You Get Started from Rufus and Shaka Khan. Once you get started Oh, it's 
Another great breakdown of a song by a legendary artist that I cover on the pod by my brother in loving soul music and loving soul legends, my fellow New York City brother, JR, my brother from a different mother. JR pointed out exactly what was going on at the time of Shaka's debut. Aretha Franklin had dominated soul music. From a woman's perspective. She won something like six to eight consecutive Grammy Awards for Best Soul Female Artist. She was and is the Queen of Soul. Her only competition, and like JR, I'm not calling it a competition. I'm talking about music lovers and the media when they would talk about the top soul artists of the ninth of the mid. 60s to the early 70s They would always mention Aretha 1 Gladys Knight 2nd Until You had this new breed These new breed Of female singers Younger And very attractive And he mentioned three of them Donna Summer Natalie Cole And Shaka Khan Donna Summer would become the queen of disco, the undisputed queen of disco. Aretha Franklin is the queen of soul, undisputed. No one can ever come for that crown. And Shaka Khan with Tell Me Something Good and the song that JR talked about. Once you get started Was beginning to lay her claim And she would eventually become The Queen of Funk And the title of this podcast is Shaka Khan, Queen of Funk When Shaka Khan arrived on the stage With Rufus You had never seen a black woman Look the way she looked With this Glistening caramel complexion This exotic beauty The smile of an angel The voice of an angel A voice so unique That you never heard a voice like that before or since And I'm not saying Shaka 
is the greatest female vocalist of all time. She's not even in my top five, but she has a, a voice so unique and beautiful that it is impossible to duplicate. Like Erica Badu several years later. Like Coco from SWV several years later. These three women have unique vocal styles that can never be duplicated, can never be replicated. No. Shaka Khan came on the scene and with her appearances on Soul Train with Rufus and on American Bandstand, hosted by Dick Clark, she set the world on fire. She set soul music on fire. And in the 1970s, you had a lot of great funk groups, a lot of great funk bands. Besides Rufus, you had LTD. You had the Ohio Players. You had Parliament, Parliament Funkadelic. You had James Brown. Rick James. But what differentiated Rufus from those groups was that their lead singer was a female. All those other scope Sly and the Family Stone, all those other groups, the lead singer was a man. Rufus, lead singer, was a beautiful woman. With a striking, with a striking figure, with a smile that would soothe and bring down a rabbit ape to his knees. Shaka Khan also set a trend that would continue to this day in that we all know that sex sells, beauty sells. In soul music, it was always when it came, when it came to women, when it came to female singers, it was rare that sex sells. Look at the most, up until Shaka Khan appeared on the scene, look at the most popular soul singers in the history of the genre, female-wise. Aretha Franklin, Diana Ross, Dionne Warwick, Gladys Knight. Now, all four are beautiful in their own right. But all four do, are not that striking black woman that we have always fantasize about that we've oh that I've always loved that that you know today you see it in hip hop all these women they all look the same sounds like my mother but they all look the same and they're all it's, it's become generic before it used to be oh wow like in hip hop you'd have a Trina or a, a, a little Kim all right, but it would be one or Foxy Brown. It wouldn't be all of these coming out at the same time. Today you have 40, 50, 60, 70 different female rappers all with the cosmetic surgery all basically selling sex cuz their their uh <laughs> their skill level is mediocre at best. 
Shaka Khan set a trend where now you have a female soul artist that is not only talented, but is sexy. Sexy and talented. And then you also had coming out the gate Natalie Cole, who was a beautiful. My father said Natalie Cole was the only woman he thought was sexy in the DI Warwick. My father still, to the day he died, loved him some DI Warwick. But when my father first saw Natalie Cole on Soul Train, he was mesmerized with her the way I was mesmerized when the first time I saw Shaka Khan. Natalie Cole, a beautiful woman. And uh, rest in peace to Natalie Cole. She died way too young. But you had Natalie Cole, Donna Summer, and Shaka Khan all come out at the same time. All express sexiness. All exuded sexiness. No longer were we looking at our sole female artists as just talent alone. Now you had few, I mean, striking physical beauty. To go with unparalleled talent. Because as beautiful as Donna Summer, Shaka Khan, and Natalie Cole are or were. Shaka's still alive. Rest in peace to Donna and Natalie. Their talent was even greater than their beauty. Because think about it. I lost my mind when I saw Shaka Khan, right? But if Shaka didn't have the talent back in the 1970s when soul music would at, was, was at its apex, she'd have been a pretty face that was here today, gone today. But because her talent exceeded her beauty, she would continue to have her star power climb. Higher and higher until it reached its apex in the mid-1980s. And we'll talk more about that later. Uh, great observation by JR. Um, great analysis of what was going on at that time. Because as a little boy who grew up in the 1970s. I could tell you firsthand. The first time I saw Shaka Khan. I was never the same. <laughs> All right, let's see who the next voice note is. The next voice note is from LL School K. Then we're going to play. What are we going to Oh, Sweet Thing. And I'm going to make the Mary and Shaka comparison on the other side. Praise the Lord, everybody. Glad I'm here with you all to bless you with this voice note. And if you woke up this morning, you are listening to this. God bless to you too. All right. Let's talk about Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan is my girl. Shaka Khan. Shaka, Shaka, Shaka Khan. You know, uh, Shaka Khan, she an OG. She from, she from the hood. Well, I ain't going to say she from the hood because, you know, she actually grew up in Hyde Park. And that's like one of the affluent areas on the south side of Chicago. But anyway, she is a Chicago home native. And that's a wonderful woman. 
And I actually got a little something that I want to tell you all about Shaka Khan. Now, my uncle Boots, which was married into the family, um, my auntie Mickey. Um, her, well, her name is Almisha McDonald. But we all call her by Auntie Mickey. Rest in peace to us. God bless her soul. Love my auntie. Uh, we used to have so she used to throw the best 4th of July parties in her backyard with the big swimming pool and everything anyway let me not take y'all down memory lane so come to find out from um, what I hear from some family members my uncle is related to Shaka Khan now I don't know like they are like distant cousins but he his side of the family our relatives of Shaka Khan, which will make me a relative of Shaka Khan. So, just want to let y'all know that man, I got me and her got some uh, some blood. We, we we share some of our blood. And my aunt, my my cousin uh, Marcy, she resembles Shaka Khan, a young Shaka Khan. I got a cousin Marcy that resembles Shaka Khan. She's the granddaughter of my auntie Mickey, and she resembles Shaka Khan. So I, I believe it. I really do believe it. I just, I show y'all a picture of her um, on Twitter when I find one. Um, but she really does. My cousin, Marcy, looks just like Shaka Khan, a young Shaka Khan in the 80s. So that's why on Twitter, you know, I, I chimed in last week, the last show we did on Tina Marie, where, you know, uh, Silver had said, you know, you Patti LaBelle, Mariah Carey, and I forget the other person he mentioned, had the top voices, the top three voices, and that Tina Marie was at that number four spot. Well, I had to put Shaka Khan before Tina Marie. And my top five is Patti LaBelle, um, Mariah Carey, Gladys Knight, and then Shaka Khan, then Tina Marie. So, Hope you all enjoy this show. We got a great show for you. We got a lot to unpack. It's going to get a little freaky on here from my man Silver because that was his crush from back in the day. And I'll talk to you all on the next one.
one thing that I've always used to differentiate great vocalists, male or female, is the ability of a singer to write their own music. They don't have to write all their music, but to have a significant amount of songs throughout their discography. Sweet Thing was the first major hit that Shaka Khan wrote. She co-wrote it with her Rufus bandmate Tony Maton, who also would lend a uh, leading vocals from time to time, and you hear you will hear him on on basically a duet that he did with Shaka later on. That fucking I lost my fucking mind when I saw this performance. Well, the video of it on television, but more on that later. Sweet thing was my first ballad that I heard as a little boy from Shaka. This was when I was seven, and I saw them perform this on Soul Train. And I'm like, wow, wow. Not only can she do the up-tempo funk songs, but the woman could sing her ass off on a ballad. I mentioned earlier Don Cornelius. Whenever Rufus appeared, and then later on when Shaka went solo, whenever Shaka Khan appeared on Soul Train, whether with Rufus or by herself, you see Don Cornelius flirting with her openly. And I don't blame him. She, she was something that no one had ever seen before. There used to be a TV series and it was canceled after two seasons. And I'm very upset because the young man that played 50 Cent's son, Sean, on Power, played the hell out of Don Cornelius. And the casting on that show was phenomenal because... They had Kelly Rowland body the role of Gladys Knight. Well, there was an episode where Melanie Fiona played Shaka Khan. And she bodied the role of Shaka Khan. Melanie doesn't look like Shaka, but she captured Shaka's aura. She captured Shaka's sexiness. And she captured the chemistry with the brother that played Don Cornelius, similar to the chemistry Shaka and Don Cornelius had on Soul Train. Go to YouTube and just type in Shaka Khan Don Cornelius. There are several performances of Shaka throughout her career when Don Cornelius was the host of Soul Train. And after the first performance of a band or a singer, Don would interview the performer. And Don and Shaka would go back and forth all the time. There was one time, and I think it was a couple of years later, 1977, where after they performed the song, Don was like, we're going to talk to everybody but Shaka, because Shaka talks too much. <laughs> and you see Shaka smiling, laughing, because Shaka, and my buddy Aja will mention this later on, Shaka had a comfort to her beauty, a comfort to her sexiness. Shaka was comfortable in her own skin. And the way she would talk to people, you could tell 
You could tell Shaka when being interviewed or whatever, um, she knew she was a shit. She knew that she was talented and that she was beautiful and she was comfortable that and her confidence was sky high. Which which is amazing considering the fact that Shaka Khan ran away from home when she was 16. She dropped out of high school in order to pursue a career in singing. And she succeeded because she has always been headstrong. Call it arrogance. I call it confidence. She knew what she wanted and she went out and got it. Once you get started. (laughs) Sweet thing. She comes right out the gate with this beautiful ballad that she co-wrote. And she killed it um shout out to uh my buddy ll from chicago the first chicago native to talk about the legend from chicago in shaka khan and that shaka is related to him because she's a distant cousin of his uncle so once again we have a contributor on the podcast Mentioning that they were or they are related to royalty because Shaka is still around. My buddy Mabinti revealed a few weeks ago on the Donnie Hathaway podcast that she's related to Donnie Hathaway. So thank you, LL, for sharing that. And thank you for telling us that Shaka is your fourth greatest vocalist of all time. That's a great top five you have right there, man. I can't argue with it. All right. We all have our opinions. We all have our different uh, uh, differentiating singers, whether male or female groups, whatever. Um, But one thing I cannot deny is all of those are legends. And it is fucking criminal that Shaka Khan and I'm going to go on my soapbox again because I'm tired of this shit. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame year in and year out disappoints me with the lack of legendary black female singers not in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Sade, Mariah Carey, Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan has been nominated seven times. I believe four times with Rufus, three times with her. It's a combination of seven times she's been nominated to be voted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, either by herself as a solo act or with Rufus as a group. And not one time has she gotten enough votes to be inducted. Why? Why? Her track record, as you'll see throughout this entire podcast, is unreal. She's the undisputed queen of funk. She has inspired and influenced generations of singers like a Erica Badu, like a Coco, like a Mary J. Blige, who would do a masterful job. Of covering Sweet Thing on her 1992 What's the 411 album. The song masterfully produced by a brother that died way too soon. My fellow Boricua. Marky Mark. Uh, Prince Marky D. Not Marky Mark. Fuck Mark Wahlberg. Prince Marky D. Produced a tremendous ballad in Sweet Thing. And Mary took it to the hole. And when you hear Mary's version of Sweet Thing. 
You hear the love she has for Shaka. And years later, they would do a duet together, recreate the sweet thing on the, on the show that VH1 canceled years ago that they should bring back VH1 Divas Live, where Shaka Khan and Mary J. Blige exploded on the stage and just bodied the duet of Sweet Thing. If you didn't have a Shaka Khan, we might not have had a Mary J. Blige. If you didn't have a Shaka Khan, we might have not had a Erica Badu. If we didn't have a Shaka Khan, we might have not had a Coco. Think about that. Shaka Khan, with her beauty, with her voice, with her style, with her confidence, helped influence a generation of female singers. And all the great ones, even the ones... That loved music or came from musical families like a Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey because both their mothers were singers. They were going to be singers. They both have always given Shaka her flowers, given her her kudos. Mariah loved Shaka. Whitney covered I'm Every Woman. More on that later on when we talk about that song. So... Sweet Thing, one of my top five favorite Shaka Khan songs. And Mary J. Blige did more than justice on that song. And the reason I bring up Mary, not only because of the cover, but there have been only a few female artists that sexually I was really, 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 really feeling. And that if I had a chance, if I had ever made it huge... I'd have tried to talk to any of these four women Mary is one of them Only two singers Shaka Khan in 1974 when I was six years old And then 18 years later When I saw Mary J. Blige in the Reminisce video I was like good golly old Molly It was the first time I saw a woman built like that with the caramel complexion, with the beautiful smile, with the body of a goddess, a real body, not a body where uh, a woman is either starving themselves or eating too much. Mary J. Blige and Reminisce reminded me, <laughs> no pun on you, remind me, reminded me, reminisce, He, she had me reminiscing of the days when I first saw Shaka Khan. And talk about coming full circle when I get the album. I see she did a cover of Shaka Khan's Sweet Thing. So here is my first soul music crush. Having her song redone. A song that she wrote by my second R&B female crush in Mary J. Blige. And Mary J. Blige and Shaka Khan's stories are very similar. It's probably why they share such a wonderful bond together. Because um, Shaka has mentored and counseled Mary Because they both came from difficult backgrounds They both dealt with men that used them Either abused them, used them Or other ways of hurting them So it's Man, it's just it, I just I, I laugh at it. Think, think I always say things come full circle. Shaka Khan and Mary J. Blige, the two female soul artists that I have been attracted to the most in my 
entire lifetime. I'll be 55 in May. And then there's been two female rappers that I've lost my mind over. That's Trina and the woman that looks like Shaka Khan. And I remember the first time I saw this woman. I think she was a teenager. I think she was 18, 19 at the time. My ex-girlfriend, Asia, had this mixtape on a video. On a videotape. And she said, she said, Robert, I want you to check this, 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 this girl out. She can rap. Nicki Minaj. And I see she's got the same smile. She's got the... And I'm like, God damn, she looks like Shaka Khan. And... Asia did a double take, and Asia's like, Rob, Robert. She never called me Rob. Robert. She does look like Shaka Khan. I was like, man, I don't know. She, and then I find out she's Trini, and that she's not even from America. But Nicki Minaj, and I know a lot of people out there hate her. I love Nicki. I love Nicki because she's Trini, and you know I have a... Uh, Fondness for beautiful women from Tr- from Trinidad. I've dated a few. She has that exotic beauty. She looks like Shaka. She has the spirit of Shaka. Um, and she's a great MC. I don't, I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I love me some Nicki Minaj. <sighs> Maybe it's my hormones, but I love me some Nicki Minaj. She. Beautiful woman And Shaka has always said That she would love For Nikki to play her In a biopic But I think right now That's not going to be In the cards Because Nikki's On the other side Of 40 now I don't know And I don't think She can um, Capture the, the moves Of Shaka On a stage It might have to be Melanie Fiona if because Melanie Fiona bodied that role on American Soul, the the series that was uh lasted two seasons on Don Cornelius and the show Soul Train. Okay, let's see who's up next. Up on the voice notes. Uh my brother who's up now? Oh Jay my brother Jay. You gonna hear him talk? And then we're going to play Hollywood, and we'll talk all about it on the other side. Shaka Khan is one of those voices where she has, it's the total package. She has total range within that voice. She could go high, she could go low, she could go calm, she could go powerful. And it'll come out amazing. Now, as far as me with Shaka Khan, I, I knew about Shaka Khan since I was a kid. Um... Because my mother, she loves the song Through the Fire, which Kanye then sampled for Through the Wire. But she always liked Through the Fire. And uh, personally, I heard Through the Fire first before I heard Through the Wire and all that. But my mother loves Through the Wire. Every every year, every mother's year, every mother's day, rather, hit, um, I'll go around and just, just play uh, Through the Fire. She'll be like, boy, what are you doing? Why are you playing that? As to say, like... Here he go again with his old soul. But with my mother, she likes Through the Fire. Another woman in my family, my sister rather, she likes Feel For You. And we get into this argument all the time because it's not that I don't like it. I do like the song. It's just I don't 
love it as much as she does and as much as anybody else does. So she'll be like, you hate it. You hate on everything, right? It's that. And for me, my favorite Shaka song, solo-wise, is Ain't Nobody. That that just, it's nostalgic for me. It reminds me of my family all the time. And I love music that reminds me of my family. I'm a very family-orientated person, so if I'm around my family, I'm the most comfortable and I feel the most energetic. I just feel, I feel the most calm. I'm in my element when I'm around my family, even if I don't see them for a while. So that's what Ain't Nobody Does for me. And when she's with Rufus, back when she was with Rufus, it's the song Stay. I, I adore that song. I love that song. I play that song all the time. I've been playing that song since I was young, probably like a, a young teenager. I've been playing that song for years. I I love that song. And as far as Shaka, again, that voice, like how I said about Tina Marie, how her voice, when you hear, when I hear her voice, it just brings a sweet smile to my face. With Shaka, it's it's get up and go out. You gotta move. You gotta move your body somehow. Get up. You gotta. She has cleaning house music. She has all types of music. But both those voices, it, it makes me uh, think of the sun being out. And every time the sun's out, I smile because that means I could go outside and do whatever it is I want to do. But shout out to Shaka Khan, the living legend. Um, Another thing I like about Shaka Khan before I end this, she, uh, I, I actually admire people that speak from their heart and don't care who who don't like what they say. They stand on their opinions, and that's that. And I actually, I actually, I admire that about Shaka Khan because I'm the same way. But again, shout out to Shaka Khan, the living legend. Rob, shout out to you for getting me to talk about it, and thank you again for letting me on your platform. I appreciate you way more than you know. And to everybody that's listening and everybody that's contributing voice notes, y'all have a good day. Peace. He's on his way, he's going to Hollywood, he's busting into Hollywood. Showing the way, he's moving to Hollywood, he's hopping into Hollywood. Going to Hollywood, he's busting into Hollywood.
Once again, you describe what most of the listeners and contributors have stated throughout the entirety of the life of my podcast is that we acquire our musical tastes and our love for music from what our parents listen to as we're growing up and raised by them. Your mother was a big Chaka Khan fan. I love how you brought your sister in to your conversation and talking about how she, uh, she loved this song, you loved that song. And once again, Jay, I appreciate your contribution to the pod. Because like Kimani, you're a young person with an old soul and you're a young person that appreciates great music. Great timeless music The song Hollywood By Rufus Featuring Shaka Khan Is a story That is similar To Shaka Khan's real story Even though Shaka didn't write this song Her bandmates Two of her bandmates wrote this song Still I believe That Her real story Inspired this song Shaka As she mentioned on the Jennifer Hudson show A few months back Ran away from home at 16 To start a Her journey into Becoming 
a musician, a singer, etc. And before she was discovered by Rufus, she was offered, I believe, let me get this right. Yes, it was Ike Turner that offered her an opportunity to be one of his backup singers, one of him and Tina's backup singers in the Iquettes. She said no, and she made the right decision. Despite the fact that she probably needed the gig, she trusted her instincts and thought eventually she is going to be a star in her own right and there will be no need to start off as a backup singer. She was... I think she was 18 or 19 when she met the band members of Rufus and they made her the lead singer and the rest is history. The song Hollywood is about a young man who takes a similar journey, similar journey as Shaka, and he goes on to Hollywood. He's on his way. He's going to Hollywood. He's busting it to Hollywood. Show him the way. He's moving to Hollywood. He's hopping it to Hollywood. He's on his way. He's going to Hollywood. He's waited at bus stops all his life. He's been in and out of those spaces. Seeing eyes that spoke to him from sad and empty places. Sad and empty places. And the song is an up-tempo tune singing about the hopes and dreams of a young man who wants to make it in Hollywood he's going Hollywood do 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 he's oh and she brings out Chaka's voice brings out not the desperation but the hopes and desires of this young man Trying to make it as a star in Hollywood. A masterpiece of a song. When I first heard this song, I was eight, nine years old. And I didn't get the gist of it. You know, I just, I heard Hollywood. When I'm eight, nine years old listening to this song on my parents' record player, I'm thinking... She's singing about, because I'm not really listening to the lyrics. I'm eight, nine years old. I'm thinking she's singing about her wanting to go to Hollywood and becoming a star. And then when I finally read the lyrics a few years later and really listen to the song, I realize that no, she's not singing about herself. She's singing about a young man who inspires to be an actor, who inspires to be a Hollywood star. And that he is going to great lengths. He's getting on that bus to go to Hollywood. He's tired of being at a bus stop. Going in different directions. This time he's taking that bus to Hollywood. And he's going to become a star. Brilliantly sung by Shaka. Brilliantly written by her bandmates. Uh, Andre Fisher was one of the writers. Uh, members of, uh, member of Rufus. And Shaka, with her vocal prowess, brings to light 
the struggles, the everyday struggles of those out there that want to make it in the music industry, that want to make it in Hollywood. You know, when we kids, when we are kids, we aspire to be a star, whether a comedian, a singer, a dancer, an actor, a basketball player, baseball player, boxer, etc. But it's a very, 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 very small percentage. Less than a percent. It might not even be half of a percent of those who aspire to be a star. That actually become a star. Shaka brings this song and this story to life. Because while she's singing it. This is a woman who... Took the same chances Same chance or chances That the young man That she's singing about in the song That Andre Fisher wrote about In the song To life Her voice brings that story to life Because she lived that story And she was able to become A superstar Brilliant stuff by Rufus And while The song it's an up-tempo song. It makes you feel good. There's a deeper meaning behind the beat, behind the melody, behind the way it makes you feel musically. You, list, you, you read the lyrics and you really hear the song and you realize, wow, this young brother is struggling to make it in Hollywood. Let's hope he makes it like Shaka Khan made it. All right. Next up. On the voice notes is Carl. He's going to talk about his love of Shaka and I'm Every Woman. And we will talk about this anthem for black women all over the world on the other side. OG Rob Silver. I've been on the grind, but I really appreciate you asking me to um, to make a contribution about Yvette Marie Stevens, Chicago's finest, otherwise known throughout the world as Shaka Khan. And, you know, I just actually really kind of want to keep it short. I just want to... Uh, kind of get into what one of my favorites are with Shaka. And um, it was off the Master Jam album, and it's called Any Love. That's such a pumping song. I, I, I just love it so much the way it starts out. And then uh, with also with Shaka, with just kind of coming in with her sultry vocals. Everything she did was so sultry. She was just so damn sexy, man. It's just perfection personified. But... um i never forget two other things, and this is kind of funny, too. Um, just 11 or 12, sitting there with my cousin, and um, the I'm Every Woman video came on. And we were like, whoa. And it was summertime. We were sitting there with some shorts on with our hands over our pants, and that was hilarious. And then uh, I'll just uh, also talk about how uh, she came with I Feel For You, and that actually was a sentimental favorite. I know it was a hit. But for me, because it had one of, you know, the best rappers ever, and I don't think he gets the credit that he deserves, Grandmaster Melly Mel, 
and uh, Stevie Wonder on harmonica, and written than no other than the great late Prince. And uh, and as I look through the years, Prince and Shaka had um, a relationship, and he had her out singing with him a couple times. She was trying to make her way back, but uh, hips and lips, man, always brought that fire. Shaka Shaka was and still is it. Thanks, OG.
Carl, like myself, lost his ever fucking mind when he first saw Shaka Khan on television. And Carl, my brother, was is talking about the I'm Every Woman video, which was the first single Shaka Khan released as a solo act. Now, she didn't leave Rufus. Between 1978 and 1983, Shaka Khan went back and forth between doing solo albums and albums as Rufus's lead singer, which, in my opinion, was smart on her on her part, because it was a great way of having something as a backup in case her solo career died. Or flopped. She comes straight out the gate with I'm Every Woman. And she murders this song. Masterfully written by the legendary husband and wife songwriting team of Nick Ashford and Valerie Simpson. Went to number one on the R&B charts. And I believe it went to... 21 on the pop charts On the Billboard pop charts Number 1 on the Billboard R&B charts It was a massive success And a great disco song Now You see Shaka Giving us Disco themes This was one of the greatest Disco songs ever made I'm every woman it's all in me, anything you want, baby. I do it naturally. Oh, oh. And she, in the video that Carl mentioned, she's dressed like every, uh, like several different types of women, with that immaculate beauty. And I love how she does her hair in each segment. And they got her in these different album uh, outfits lined up. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And kudos to Whitney Houston. She did a great remake of this song 14 years later. And I know a lot of people feel Whitney's version is better. I don't. I love Shaka's version better. But it was a great ode to Shaka by Whitney. Whitney showed her love and appreciation of Shaka by replicating not only the song, but the music video with the different hairstyles and clothing. I loved it. I fucking loved it. It was one legend paying tribute to another legend. Because by 1992, Whitney Houston was already a legend. She was already... I mean, she had massive, massive, massive sales and number one hits and classic songs from her first four albums. And... Commercially, she was much more successful than Shaka Khan. And you could make an argument, well, yeah, I'll agree that she has a greater voice. Whitney is the voice. Listen to my Whitney Houston tribute podcast. I give her all the flowers. Shaka Khan paved the way for Whitney Houston. And Whitney Houston paid homage to Shaka Khan and to black women all over the world with I'm Every Woman. I'm Every Woman came out in 1978 
And this was during a time, ladies and gentlemen, where you had several disco songs, this time period, several disco songs with themes, with themes. I'm Every Woman, Shaka Khan. We Are Family, Sister Sledge. Ain't No Stopping Us Now, McFadden and Whitehead. These are all themes. These are all anthems. Um, ain't no stopping us all to me was an anthem. Ain't no stopping black people. Ain't no stopping us now. We're on the move. We are family is an anthem for black families. I got all my sisters and me. I'm every woman is an anthem for black women all over the world. It's the perfect single. To start Shaka Khan on her solo career. And the way she said, I'm everyone. I, and she hits the notes. It's a flawless song. And Shaka made the perfect choice of Ashford and Simpson being the songwriter for this song. Because Ashford and Simpson. Had been writing hits since the 60s. The people do not give Nick Ashford and Valerie Simpson their credit. I saw Valerie in the play Chicago five years ago. Um, a legend that deserves her flowers. She's never gotten them. And, and uh, in her prime. In her prime, Valerie Simpson was drop dead gorgeous with killer legs. She had legs to die for. The muscular ass calves. Oh my God. But uh, they wrote the perfect song for Shaka. Shaka goes out there and he she destroys it. Now, kudos to the producer of this song, Arif Marin. I always got to make sure I say the man's name right. Legendary producer and record executive. Let me say his name again because the man has had a phenomenal well, had I don't, I'm not sure if Arif is, is yeah, Arif died at 74, but uh, the man was a tremendous writer and producer, and he produced this song perfectly. He was a, and he was one of the leading disco producers, and I will also talk about the song he produced for Shaka that really set a standard. And was Years later He produced a song That Shaka did That man My brother from Detroit James and I Will break this song Down to a science During that segment But Arif Arif was a bad motherfucker One of the greatest Producers of his era One of the great Disco producers of his era And he produced a hell of a song here in I'm Every Woman. But even with the great, iconic songwriting duo of Ashford and Simpson and the great producer that Arif was, you're not going to get the same type of results if you don't have the perfect woman singing this song. And that was Shaka Khan in 1978. Could Donna somehow have pulled the song off? Yeah, without a doubt. I think Donna would have 
definitely done justice to this song. I think that's the only other woman back in 1978 that would have killed this disco song. But Shaka took it and Shaka owned it and Shaka made it a cult classic, made it a woman's anthem classic in a time where you had great anthems after great anthems during this time period. And I mentioned two others. Um, man, I can't say enough about this song. Carl broke it down beautifully. And all I can say is that Shaka represented the black woman to the T in this song. Now, the next voice note is from Simone. She's going to talk about do you love what you feel? She's going to talk about the music video. And then I am going to play the song. And then I'm going to talk about the first time I saw this video. And how this shit put me in a fucking chokehold. We'll talk about it on the other side. So I've been trying to think about some of my very first memories of Shaka Khan, some of my very first visual memories, and some of my very first song memories. So I think visually, um, the Do You Love What You Feel video and that Master Jam album cover stick out in my mind, right? Because on that album cover, it's her in the middle of um, Rufus, and she has on this, this like shiny black bodysuit, and you know, the hair and she's smiling and you know she just looks so so confident and, and fearless and then in the video she has on this like pink I think it was like a pink glittery uh some hot pants and some the gloves and she's just she's again she's just fearless in the middle of all these men in her band and I think that is what makes her one of my favorite artists because she just displays that fearlessness and that intensity and she looks she looks beautiful while she's doing it right she got the hair and you know the beautiful clothes and you know she's not afraid to, to show her body and um I think that is what just just lends to her her strength and her power as an as an artist um and the songs that that come to my mind, um, do you love what you feel, right? That that's like one of my top ten like dance songs, right? And uh, but the other song that just really is just unforgettable is I'm Every Woman, right? Because of the the lyrics, of course, written by the great Ashford Simpson, right? It's talking about a women's woman's intuition and her strength and you know I heard her say that she was kind of scared she was kind of intimidated of the the lyrics at first because they were so powerful and she didn't she didn't think that you know she was right to to sing it and it's like Shaka you your voice is like one of the most powerful voices in
Once again, I want to thank Simone for a very, very well thought out and spoken voice note. And the first time I saw the music video you brought up to Do You Love What You Feel? Do you love what you feel? Do you love what you feel? (laughs) Oh, man, this song brings back memories. There used to be a show. This was a precursor to Friday Night Videos. This was a precursor to MTV. This was a precursor to Video Music Box. Music videos in 1979 were in its infancy. And the only way that you got to see a music video nationally was, for the most part, the show that aired... I'm not sure if it was an NBC show. But it was on WNBC in New York late Friday nights from 11.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. I mean from 11.30 p.m. to 1 a.m. The midnight special that was hosted by Wolfman Jack. Oh, it's Wolfman Jack here. (laughs) We got uh, what? The midnight special would do is they'd have concert. They would have a group or two do live performances inside the studio, and in between their act, in between their songs, in between their performances, especially late, like by 1979, they would play music videos. And so one late night in 1979, I'm again with my parents and we're watching on the black and white television in my parents' bedroom. And, you know, Wolfman Jack goes, and now we're here, we're going to play this uh, Rufus featuring Shaka Khan. Do you love what you feel? And my mother was like, oh, no, here we go again. And the video comes on. And we're in a black and white. We're watching on a black and white TV. So when I first see Shaka in them short shorts, I thought they were white shorts. And I'm like, yeah, oh, my God. I'm like, wow. I am just, my eyes almost pop out of my head. And my mother is like, my mother goes, God damn, her ass is big. (laughs) And then my father goes, yeah, Elsa, she looks like she's wearing a diaper. And I'm laughing my ass off. I'm like, oh, it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I I thought I loved Shaka before this. But after this, I was fixated until the day I die. Until the day I die, I'm always going to love Shaka. I love you, Shaka. I'm like... And so you guys that have been loyal listeners to the podcast know that every time my mother meets a woman I'm dating, she'll, you know, she'll do a check and she'll be like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. They all look the same, Robert. They all look the same. And I got to, she really made my new girlfriend, Mia, feel real good. When she told me over the phone, you're the prettiest girl Robert ever dated. And Mia was like, seriously? Really? And she's, yes. You're so beautiful. You're so pretty. You're prettier than all of them. <laughs> yeah, I started laughing. 
I started laughing. And my mother didn't have the heart to tell her. But my mother was like, you. my mother didn't tell her that, you know, she has uh, two ingredients that you need for me to pursue you. That's the pretty the pretty face, Wishy. If you follow me on Twitter, you've seen recently the Valentine's Day pictures I posted of her. You see how naturally beautiful she is. But there's a set that come along. The set that Shaka Khan embedded in my mind. You got a pretty face and a pretty bronze. You <laughs> got a pretty face. And like BBD said, and I think they were, uh, I think BBD made poison off of uh, How I Love Women. Can't trust a big button to smile, that girl is poison. Look, we'll talk about more about that song when we do New Edition Part 3. But all jokes aside, right then and there, my type was set. That I continue to do to this day that I, that I continue to date Until this day And that's a big butt and a pretty face A big butt and a smile Shaka's ass In this song and this video When I first saw it there And it was in black and white On a small 13 inch TV So that ass exploded on a small TV Well if you watch the video on YouTube On a 70 inch TV that I just did before I recorded this segment. You'll see the magnitude of that booty. <laughs> I mean it is just plain. Voluptuous. Gorgeous. I mean. This is Shaka Khan in 1979. At the age of 26. Looking. Like the sexiest woman I've ever seen And I'm going to be honest with you ladies and gentlemen I don't think I've seen a sexier woman at 26 on television In any genre I'm, I'm, I ain't kidding I don't, I don't I love me some Nicki Minaj That's her, that's her, uh That's her Uh, unofficial daughter Because of the way they look each other And yes, Nicki has a magnificent ass and a beautiful face but I don't think, even though they look alike, I don't think Nikki's ever looked better than um, Chaka. I don't think Trina's ever looked better than Chaka. I love Mary, my second uh, woman I fell in love with that was a singer. She's not as gorgeous as Chaka. Her booty's on that level, though. <laughs> but overall package, Chaka's number one, baby. Chaka's number one. Chaka that night, man. I've been looking for a Shaka all my life. I keep going through one Shaka Khan after another. <laughs> Shaka Khan. Oh, I'm going to save that for later. I'm going to save that Shaka Khan for later. But, man, uh, let's get serious here for a second. This song was written by Dave Walensky, the piano player that you see in, in the video. And, um... One of the big brains behind Rufus, one of the main songwriters for, for Rufus. He wrote a lot of hits for uh, Shaka Khan and for the group even without Shaka Khan. You got Tony Maiden singing co-lead and you, you see in the music video that you guys go to YouTube and check it out. Do you, lo do you love what you feel? 
the group is having fun. They're all smiling. And Shaka cannot stop smiling and laughing throughout this entire video. She's having a blast. And probably one of the reasons why I was so enamored with her in this music video when I first saw it in black and white back in 1979 at the tender age of 11. My eyes fixated on the TV while my parents laughed at my ass. <laughs> My father said, oh, she looks like she got a diaper on. But, man, um, she is smiling and she is having fun because I've always felt this. And I was just going to talk about it in a voice note later on when you hear it. Shaka was comfortable in her own skin when it came to her sexuality, when it came to her beauty, and when it came to men fawning themselves over her. The music world had never seen anything like Shaka Khan, a woman whose beauty matched her talent, whose sex appeal matched her talent. You want to think about it, you think about it, think about it long and hard. Shaka came onto the scene in 1973 at the age of 20. Exploded with, tell me something's good, at the age of 21. Think long and hard. White women, black women, Asian women, Hispanic women, I don't know what you call it. But before Shaka Khan came onto the scene, how many women, any race, had that sexiness, had that body, had that charisma, had that aura of, God damn, I want... Men want to be with her and women want to look like her. It's the reason why she influenced a whole generation of singers. Maybe she's the reason why uh, record exe executives today look at your looks first before listen, listen to your talent. Because before Shaka came on the scene, it was the other way around. Do you love what you feel? And she's having a blast. But let me get to a serious tip here. This song... Like I said, written by Dave Lewinsky, produced by Quincy Jones. This is off the Master Jam album in which Quincy produced all, most if not all the songs on the album. Quincy Jones, just like Stevie Wonder, saw the brilliance of Shaka Khan. Saw, well, I don't know if Stevie saw because Stevie was blind. So Stevie heard. I don't know if Stevie... Ever knew just how beautiful Shaka Khan was um, Maybe years later If he allegedly got that eye surgery That some say he received And now he could see But back then If Stevie got to touch her arms And saw how soft, soft the, man, Shaka looked like she has the softest skin I could rub up Alright let me stop <laughs> Let me lick you up and down <laughs> I love a beautiful woman with soft skin Oh my god Whew. Anyway Quincy Jones produced this entire album And Quincy Jones Saw in Shaka past the beauty That she was a real Genuine Generational talent And Quincy would continue to work On and off with Shaka Throughout the rest of her career And this song is one of the great disco songs of all time. 
Shaka Khan putting in her bid to be the second greatest disco act of all time because we all know the greatest disco act of all time is Donna Summer. She sits on a pedestal by herself, and I will eventually do a Donna Summer tribute podcast because her disco music came during a time in my life when we was really, really struggling with uh, paying rent and getting food on the table. I'm talking about my parents and living in the South Bronx where all the buildings were being burnt out. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. I'm not discussing that this on this podcast because Shaka's music was so upbeat. Do you love what you feel? Quincy produced this entire album, and this is a masterpiece of a disco song. And the single most influential song in my life when it comes to the women I love. Now, there were more influential songs when it comes to me as a... uh, as my political stance, as my way of living my life, as as a, as a way of dealing with my family, dealing with children, there are a lot of songs that influence me, that helped influence my way of looking at life. But when it comes to women, this is the song right here. Because when I saw that music video that night in 1979 on the Midnight Special, I was forever ever mesmerized with uh, Miss Yvette Marie Stevens, better known as Shaka Khan. All right, e- enough of me uh, horn dogging here. Let me see. The next voice note. Hey, man, my eyes are on. You see what happens? Um, The next voice note is from Tevin and Tyrone. And they're both going to talk about the greatness of Papillon. And then we're going to listen to Papillon, one of the greatest love songs ever sung by the great Shaka Khan. The incomparable Shaka Khan, a singer that everyone's favorite singer respects. With an over five-decade career that started with the group Rufus, she has had an illustrious Hall of Fame career. The fact she isn't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame still baffles me. She can sing any type of song you want in multiple genres from R&B to funk to jazz to blues. Your generational voice is unmistakable and is soothing to your ears. The Rufus Years has an album produced by Quincy Jones in his prime and is a masterpiece to me titled Master Jam. When she sings ballads, I can almost imagine her singing them directly to me in her angelic voice. So many great singers have covered her songs from Whitney Houston to Mary J. Blige to Erica Badu, just to name a few, and to show you how much she is revered. As with every great singer in a group, there comes a time when they must go solo, and she didn't disappoint. With albums like Shaka, I Feel For You, And funk this, she has great albums that span decades. If I had to choose a favorite song from Shaka, it would be her cover of Papillion, a.k.a. Hot Butterfly. It's so smooth, and I love that Luther Vandross and Sissy Houston provide background vocals. Shaka Khan's name isn't mentioned enough for me when it comes to music. She is the ultimate diva, 
and should be celebrated more. I was happy she did the versus battle with Stephanie Mills because some of the youth got to witness her immense talent. Thank you, Shaka Khan, for your contributions to music. Thank you. Legends fam, let's get into Shaka, shall we? You know, there's so many different directions we can go, or I can go, in discussing Shaka Khan's career and what she means to me. But a lot of it's going to be replication if I go there. So, I mean, you could uh, you could start with, I mean, everybody's going to have something to say about I'm Every Woman. Uh, Rob discussed the Master Jam album and how Chaka had him in a chokehold, as he says. And I tweeted that uh, my mom had that album and Chaka and those shorts had me feeling some kind of way that I couldn't really describe at that young age, but uh, <laughs> I understood it as I got older. But a lot of people are going to go that direction, talk about some of her big hits, some of her influences, her influence on hip-hop culture. You know, we think of some of the first rap and uh, pop collabs of the first times that hip-hop, rap music specifically, got into the mainstream. And we can think of Debbie Harry and Fab Five Freddy doing, doing her rhyme on there. Tina Marie doing her rhyme on Square Biz. And probably the first pop star to really showcase the entirety of the culture, not just the music, but the dance element. And that is the first pop superstar who really grew up around hip hop culture. And that's Irene Cotta. And she used to take people on... Uh, but but if you, but uh, and, and and I'm not going to digress there. But Shaka was one of the first, if not the first, as I recall, to actually have a rapper featured on the record. Now someone can correct me on that, but uh, on an R&B record with "I Feel for You," which is written by Prince, and giving Melly Mel some shine, he had been coming off the message and quite a few hits with Grandmaster Flash and The Furious Five. So that's one direction you can go. But what I'm going to go is I'm going to go into a song. Uh, I like to talk about how I like to dig in the crates and of my mom's record collection. And let me state for the record, my mom is not a, she's a big, she's a, she was a singer and a songwriter. She's not a huge Chaka Khan fan. She doesn't dislike Chaka. She has some of her music, uh, but that's not in her upper echelon for herself. And she has very, very high standards. But she does like some of Shaka's records. And one in particular is one she bought when I was about nine years old. And she used to play it from time to time. Well, she played it on a regular basis. She had a habit. I don't know if you guys have parents who do the same thing. But she would actually take the needle midway through the song and put it back to the beginning. It used to drive me insane. Let the song finish. Let it play out. Let it ride. That's my thing. But that's my mom, and she does things the way she wants to. But this song was off the album Naughty. And the song is called Papillon, Hot Butterfly. Now, my mom probably understood the chorus, but I misheard the lyrics. Right, just as a kid, I was trying to put the, the lyrics of the chorus into something that I thought I could understand. It turns out it was French, obviously. Um, Chanson Papillon, right? And I'm just thinking, so, so Papillon, but it didn't matter to me because as my mom likes to say, that song was a groove. 
I was talking to her a couple nights about it, and that's what she loved about it. It's a groove. And let's break that down a little bit into the groove. If you listen to the uh, how the song, it's a mid-tempo song uh, with a, uh, a sort of ragtime feel during the verse. You know, you're just kind of, you can't help but just kind of sway from side to side. It's not an up-tempo freestyle song, uh, but it's not a slow jam. But uh, the instrumentation has, you know, piano and just guitar riffing. Great mix. And, you know, you go from ragtime and then you get into the chorus. And it's almost like you're going to church because on the uh, on, <clears throat> on the on the kick beat it's it's a hand clap and so you just can't help but sway you think you're you think you're in Sunday service uh, with the choir going show so papillon and you just can't help from move from side to side I think of a memory that I have uh, from a few years ago when I was caregiving for my grandmother and this is about 2015 about a 2016 maybe a few months to a year before she passed away and I was listening to it on my MP3 player. And as I approached her house and came up her steps, I was dancing as I was walking down the driveway. I don't know if she saw me or not, but she didn't mention it. But by the time I got to her alcove, I spent like two minutes twirling and dancing and shaking and, and, and just kind of getting my smooth groove on like nobody was watching. Nobody was. Uh, but I could get down again also. It didn't matter if somebody was watching or not. But that just... It just was spontaneous. You just can't help but groove uh, to that song. And one lost art in soul music today is solos of saxophones, but also solos of other instruments. And you know, you think of the late, you, you think of, of 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 superstar performances in sports and the same applies to music. I spoke of how many superstars were on that, on, the, on Whitney's version of For the Love of You. And it's similar here, uh, not as many, but obviously at the, you can hear Luther, who actually made this song first with Greg Diamond a few years beforehand, uh, but this song, this version just rules, but he was brought on to sing backup. And you can actually hear Luther separate uh, at the end of the last chorus as they go into the breakdown into the fade, right? And uh, for two seconds, you can hear nothing but Luther uh, at the end of the chorus. So so you have a superstar, uh, one of the all-time uh, great crooners singing back up and Shaka are doing her thing on the front. But uh, you always got to have those great role players. You know, the 2002 Lakers had two of the top 10 players of all time in Shaq and Kobe. But they don't get out of the second round without Robert Ory making that shot. And I think Robert Ory for this particular song was a gentleman whose name you may not know, but you need to get familiar with it. And that's Hugh McCracken. Because he has the secret sauce that sets this song off. And that's, it's an intro with nothing but harmonica. The first sound you hear is a harmonica. Um, and, uh, then it breaks into the bass drum and shaka humming and the middle of the song with the bridge, it's 
uh, a, a solo by Hugh McCracken. So uh, I am grateful uh, that uh, my mom had that record and I still listen to it to his day and I can't help but get a groove on. I can't, uh, there's some places I just can't be when I'm listening to it because I'll just start dancing. And I'm also thankful that I finally got to give Shock her flowers. She came to Seattle last year and performed live at the Woodland uh, Park, just next to the Woodland Zoo. So it's an outdoor venue. And let me tell you, she still got it. I mean, all of it, all of it at 69 years old. When you can project your voice in an outdoor venue without the acoustics, and it still hits you right in the solar plexus, that's a, not just a singer, that's a sanger. And she did a good 50-minute set, took 15 minutes off, did another 10 minutes. She didn't do this song, but I can't be greedy because she gave us a gift of it. So with that, Rob, I'll let you take it away, my man.
great tribute to Shaka in his voice note by Tevin. And a great fucking breakdown of Papillon by Tyrone. Tyrone um, is just a master at dissecting and explaining music, explaining songs. Especially songs that have a great meaning to his own personal life growing up with his mom. And um, Tyrone, my parents used to do the same thing with their records. Midway through a record, my parents would pick the needle up and go right back to the beginning of the record. And it used to drive me fucking crazy just like it drove you crazy. But I'm glad you brought up the harmonica play by Hugh McKenzie. He murders the harmonica. And we're going to hear another song. The song that you talked about before, Papayon. I feel for you. And how the harmonica played a huge part in that song. But Q's harmonica play, along with what you mentioned, Sissy Houston and Luther Vandross' phenomenal backup singing to this song in which Shaka Khan floats like a butterfly. And the song, Papayon, is a butterfly. Chanson Papillon song, Butterfly. The metaphors are endless. She floats throughout this whole song. I mean, it's a song about young love. And the metaphor is that like a butterfly is young before it uh, morphs into a caterpillar. Well... Papayon, song butterfly, uh, Chan Son, Papayon, Papayon, butterfly. It's talking about young love. Young love at a time. And, um, oh, by the way, I mispronounced the man's name. I just realized. Hugh McCracken, not Hugh McKenzie. Hugh McCracken. Let me get the right name. So we can give you the right credit. Hugh McCracken's harmonica play, just like Tyrone mentioned in his voice note, sets the stage for Shaka's butterfly floating. She floats throughout this whole song. Remember when Foxy was a dance? Oh, man. I mean, first time I heard this song was, I think, 1982, 1983, a couple of years after it came out on a Quiet Storm, album, uh, Quiet Storm with Vaughn Harper on WBLS. And we, I was listening to my, with my mother, because it was one of them nights my father was out getting dead drunk. And my mother was worried, Where, where's Silver at? My father, where's Silver at? And then this song came on, and... As soon as she heard Shaka go, bum, 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 and my mother singing, and I start laughing. And my mother's like, why are you laughing? I said, no, Mom, just keep listening to the song. Keep listening to the song. I know who's singing it. I don't think you know who's singing it. I don't think you can recognize the voice. I knew it was Shaka as soon as I heard it. But my mother didn't know it was Shaka because Shaka was singing this song differently than she sang the other song. Shaka sounded a lot like the woman my mother thought it was. My mother thought it was Natalie Cole. My mother thought, oh, that's Natalie Cole. I said, nah, mom, that's not Natalie Cole. 
Mom was like, I'll bet you a dollar. I said, Mom, keep your money. It's not, it's not, I'm going to bet you a dollar. I said, Mom, when, when we do one better, why don't you uh, make me my favorite breakfast tomorrow morning? Oh, <laughs> uh, which was oatmeal with her with the with the cinnamon oatmeal with the with the what you call it with the cinnamon um shit uh that it used to come in a little jar cinnamon spread like a brown cinnamon that you uh poured into into the oatmeal she and she put just the right amount of sugar and my mother's like oh well. I don't have to worry about making oatmeal because that's Natalie Cole. When the song ended, so Chanson Papillon, you heard the great voice of Vaughn Harper. Uh, welcome to the Quiet Storm. That was Shaka Khan. And my mother's like, You were right. I said, Mom, you used to hate Shaka Khan. Why you used to hate Shaka Khan? My mother was like, I didn't hate her. She's a great singer. I just didn't like how I used to look at her. A woman shouldn't be having a, a, a young boy look at her. I said, Mom, she's on TV. Are you taking it personal? I'm like a lot of all men, boys, men, the whole nine looking like that. Now, at this time, I'm 14, 15 years old, telling my mother she shouldn't be mad at Shaka Khan for looking the way she did. Mom, she a beautiful woman. I I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. And then from that point on, my mother was a Shaka Khan fan. And she would become an even bigger Shaka, fan, Shaka Khan fan when she heard uh, Through the Fire, which we will talk about later on in the podcast. But Shaka, brilliant, brilliant job. Brilliant, brilliant song. Just shows you the greatness of her voice as she floated. And yes, she did sign. She sounded a lot like uh, Natalie Cole in this song, and I, and I loved it. So, and which only makes sense because at this point in time when she recorded this song, 1979-1980, Natalie Cole had gone on a great run of great soul songs. So, once again, you see contemporaries influencing each other. I miss Natalie Cole, and I, I will definitely do an episode on Natalie Cole in the future because she had some of the greatest ballads ever sung by a woman. Okay, let me see who's next up on the, the voice notes. <laughs> Aja! And then after Aja talks, we're going to play Ain't Nobody, one of the greatest songs that Shaka Khan ever sung. We'll talk all about it on the other side. I'm not going to hold you because I feel like Shaka Khan really doesn't need a whole lot to be said about her. Um, when she appeared to be at her happiest, she uh, exuded such a vibrant, wonderful, beautiful spirit and might within her. Her smile, just amazing. Her, um, the power behind her vocals, her energy. I think um, originality, um, all of those things just makes her one of those legends. And her music... Um, including 
music with Rufus um, just will forever stand the test of time. She's not someone I play all the time, but I do play her often, um, especially when I'm on my grown woman shit, you know, just like standing in my power and my truth and you know, my characters are right there and I just want to embody that, I will play her. Um, some of my favorite cuts is, um, are like Ain't Nobody Through the Fire, um, I'm Every Woman, um, Tell Me Something Good, mm-mm. Yeah, Sweet Thing, Angel, Everlasting Love, you know, there's just got to be there. I'm telling you, there are some cuts that just give you just great feelings. Um, And I just love how when we talk about these artists, it just really expresses how wonderful it is to be a black woman. You know, because either you are the black woman and, you, and, and like I'm talking the artist, like she's the black woman and you're just all in that energy or you have this black man who's discussing his love for a black woman. It's just amazing. It's just an amazing feeling. And Chaka Khan's music just always puts me in those feels of like big hair you know, strutting in my little outfit, being cute, you know, men fawning all over me. Like, not that that's where I'm at today, <laughs> but that energy that's behind the lyrics, the energy that's behind that groove, that funk, that, that, that passion that's there just makes you feel so empowered. And I love that about her music. And, um, I know that you will, during this segment, definitely talk about her struggles and, um, you know, we, we've seen evidence of it. So we know that that's something that she has battled with and probably still battles with. It will probably be a burden for her for, um, for a very long time. But I know that her music has come from a very pure part of her. And the part of her that wanted to escape and be free from all of that. And I'm glad that we got to experience that from her. That she was able to give us this art that we can enjoy forever and ever. Um, So she was my mom's music. Like a lot of this music is my mom's music that was passed down to me. Um... And I love that I inherited such richness um, of artists, including that of Shaka Khan. So again, thank you, Robert, for asking me to share my thoughts on her. And um, I can't wait to listen to this podcast strictly because, like I said, I don't listen to her every day. She will come into my playlist kind of at the end. So it may be some time before I even get to the end of my playlist. And by a playlist that had rotates various songs that I play. 
it's more like auto suggested than anything that I've actually placed in there. So she may come and so it may be days before I hear her. Um, but to be able to listen to this podcast and be able to fill myself up on Shaka Khan is going to be wonderful. And I'm going to make sure my mom is in the room so she can hear it too. So again, thank you, Robert. Um, once again, I can't wait to hear everybody and hear the music.
Aja bringing up a point in her voice note that I mentioned earlier in the podcast is that when you see Shaka singing, whether it's on video, whether it's concert footage, whether it's on a talk show back in the day or even today, and you see her smiling and laughing, you know that she is happy with herself and it exudes throughout the song because of that personality, that personality of a woman that says what she feels, she means what she says, and she says what she means. Aja, as a black woman who writes about black love and black relationships, can see with her own eyes if a woman is at peace with herself. Like I've said throughout the podcast, Shaka was always comfortable in her own skin, comfortable in her own beauty, comfortable in her own sexiness. And Ain't Nobody's the type of song Aja likes, as she mentioned in her voice note, about a black woman singing about a love for a black man. And Aja also loves the black man singing a song that he loves, that singing a song about his unconditional love for a black woman. And this song, this is an unconditional love song, up-tempo funk love song. Another great funk song by Rufus with Shaka blowing her way, blowing her way of vocals. You know, you know, warm and tender. <laughs> ain't no, ain't nobody. I love when she goes, ain't nobody loves me better than you. Sort of like her inner Tina Turner there. <laughs> I remember the first time I heard this song. And by the way, this would be the last hit record that Rufus would have with Shaka Khan as at lead as lead singer, as this would be one of the final moments they were together as a group, as Shaka would predominantly be solo for the rest of her career. Another great masterpiece written written by Dave Wolinsky. And it was the perfect song for Shaka to show off a range. And if they were going to end their collaboration, it's the perfect song to go out on. And it's an unconditional funk love song. As Shaka singing about a woman who has a man that nobody, Bati, and I mean nobody, can love her the way this man loves her. Ain't nobody loves me better, makes me happy, makes me feel this way. Ain't nobody loves me better than you. I love it. At first you put your arms around me. Then you put your charms around me. I can't resist this sweet surrender. Oh, my nights are warm and tender. We stare into each other's eyes. And what we see is no... I mean, she goes on and on. Got a feeling most with treasure and a love so deep we cannot measure. This is unconditional love. And instead of a traditional love song, it's in an up-tempo funk song. And Shaka sings... Her ass off. Ain't nobody loves me better.
better. Ain't nobody loves me better than you. I love this. I love this. Oh, my goodness. Masterfully written by Dave Lewinsky. Masterfully produced, arranged by Russ Tillman. And masterfully done with the instrumentals, the instruments, the keyboards, the piano. I mean, yeah, the keyboards, the percussions, the guitar work. By the legendary group Rufus Who belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame And I don't know what the hell's wrong with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Where they continue To Keep Great black artists Female artists like Shaka Khan, Sade And Mariah Carey Mary J. Blige, etc. Out of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Oh, and one last thing I want to mention about Rufus Before we go on to the next voice note I didn't mention this at all throughout the podcast, but let me mention it right now. They were a multiracial band at a time when you didn't see that often. You know, like the Isley Brothers, they were all black. They're all brothers and a brother-in-law, so of course they'd be an all-black band. Uh, Parliament Funkadelic. You see these groups that if they had white um, musicians in the group, would be maybe one. You look at Rufus. It was split down the line. I think it was three, six members, three black, three white. So at a time when we were going through some real, real, real devastating racial divide, a racial, a huge racial divide in this country, you had this interracial group. Make incredible music Now it was black music Because it's funk music and soul music But Rufus got radio play On both the pop stations In New York City And the R&B stations Because Their music was so great That it crossed over Without them having to try and be Commercially pleasing To the majority audience of the world Now, on to the next voice note. This voice note is from, let me make sure I get this right. Let's see who the next voice note is from. I think it's from my, yep, another Chicago listener, my buddy Shay Jones. She's going to talk about the love she has for Shaka Khan. She's going to talk about I Feel For You a little bit. James is going to do such a great breakdown of I Feel For You that he, he doesn't leave much for me to, to talk about. But I'm going to say my piece on I Feel For You. I'm going to piggyback on what James and Shay said about I Feel For You. I'm going to put my own spin on it, and I'm going to tell you why. This was one of the greatest songs of the 1980s, Top 5. I'll talk all about it. On the other side. Hey, what's up, Legends family? What's up to my OG Rob? I hope you're doing well. Um, I'm just here to talk about another Chicago legend, um, Miss Yvette Marie Stevens, better known as Chaka Khan. Um, like I said, a Chicago legend. Um, 
known just for her beautiful, that raspy, funky voice that she has, um, that charisma, that signature red hair, um, just a beautiful woman, a beautiful singer, um, just gave us some of her um, best hits from her uh, roots here in Chicago. And, um, you know, being from the South Side myself, I really, uh, you know, uh, grew up, I didn't grow up to her per se, but since my parents did, they played her. And, um, you know, we were always proud to have her here in Chicago and on one of the um, throwback radio stations where they coined the term Dusty's here, uh, V103. Uh, she is one of the legends that they highlight frequently. So, um, you know, just her style and that bohemian, bohemian style that she has, it was just different uh, when a lot of the ladies were trying to, you know, do their... Um, their you know 80s punk rock things she stayed true to her uh, roots here and just kept it funky at all times and that's what I like about her um her and Rufus had a great career together and then her um you know her own personal songs just mean so much to us um and you know she had her struggles like the rest of the the um artists at the time you know with the the drugs and everything that but that was a culture back then but you know she is almost 70 I think she looks amazing still sounds amazing can perform amazingly um still has that that great voice um I would give anything to hear her sing I feel for you (laughs) live and um you know tell me something good with her and Rufus just so many hits that you can um even if you don't know her personally, you've heard her music before. So we are just um, proud to have her as one of our legends, as our staples, um, and proud that there's someone else like a Donny Hathaway who has their roots here that we can claim here in Chicago. And once again, I can't wait to hear the stories that you have uh, in the chest, Rob, and hear what the other listeners have to say. And like I said, even though she was before my time, I didn't necessarily grow up to her. But you know who Shaka Khan is, if you're from Chicago, if you're not from Chicago. Um, So, yeah, pay homage to the queen. Um, So thanks for the opportunity again, Rob, to be featured on the pod. Can't wait to hear what you all have to say. Peace. Yo, what's going on, my brother Rob? Let's go ahead and jump right into it. And um, shout out to everybody listening to the Legends of Sports and Music podcast. Shout out to y'all, first and foremost. But hey, this week we're talking about uh, the great Yvette Stevens, as we know her as the great Shaka Khan. You know, big hair energy, Shaka Khan. And here's the thing about Shaka Khan in of itself. I mean, and okay. I don't see this is the problem like I've never ever have I ever been you know so conflicted about sending in a voice note because it's not because of who it's about but it's because I got so many ideas and so many thoughts and so many examples to reference and I got to keep this short concise and to the point so bear with me uh Shaka Khan is to me is synonymous with the 80s synth R&B slash pop sound, okay? Coming off her career uh, with Rufus and, of course, being, you know, amazing with a lot of those balance and a lot of those funk tunes, I mean, it's crazy. 
But then to roll into the 80s, you know, not be a late adopter, but be an early adopter and be open to change and, and changing in your sound uh, sonically is amazing. And it paid off uh, tremendous, you know, dividends as far as, you know, musical greatness is concerned, because I'm going to talk a little bit about um, the album I feel for you and not necessarily the track I feel for you, the title track, but. I'm going to talk about the album in of itself because it's probably one of the greatest albums ever made in my honest opinion. You know, I own several Shaka Khan albums, physically vinyl albums. Um, I have a few that are literal um, promo copies that was pressed back in the eighties. I managed to get a hold of them and I got some, you know, remastered vinyls that I listen to on a daily but that being said, you know, sidebar, you know, shout out to I Feel For You having one of the coolest vinyl album covers ever, you know, with the pink glove on the front. And then, you know, she got the pink dress on in the back and side. And then here's a little, little, little trick for you guys. If you got an official copy and you got the little paper sleeve, it's a blue and it's real. It's a blue inversion of the pink dress on the inside. So that's just a little collector sidebar. But anyway, I feel for you. Critically greatest album that Shaka Khan has ever made. Critically, I feel for you track wise is one of the greatest tracks she's ever made through the fire, etc. Right. We know about that. But here's the thing. Those tracks are on side B. Right. And that album turns up on side B when you flip that album and you drop the needle. But man, one of my favorite uh, tracks off the album is La Femme. Right, Lafame is track number five on the front side, on the A side. Yes, the B side guy is talking about an A side track today. And it is one of my favorites because it was it utilized so much technology that was very groundbreaking at the time. Okay. So one of the arrangers on the album in totality was Felipe Cesi, I think is how you pronounce his name. And I remember him being a part of some stuff that he did with Aldi Miola, who's probably one of the greatest jazz fusion guitarists, guitar players overall for me under Jimi Hendrix, of course. And Philip has this thing and this great sound about him of how he arranges and uses technology. And on La Femme and all the rest of the tracks on the album, La Femme in particular, you can hear it very distinctly, uses um, a Lynn drum machine and a drum emulator. And I mean, guys, this is like the basic, basic of technology. I mean, these things look like Atari's 2600s, but they, yet they were creating some of the most, you know, best synth pop synth R and B music out there with using these tools. And the reason why I love it, because when you listen to the song, the song bounces from left channel to right channel, to left channel, to right channel all the way through. And it gives you this sense that you're actually in a big room when you just have on headphones or if you're in a smaller room itself. See, I can just imagine walking into a club back in the eighties and you hearing that sound reverb off the club back and forth and how it would make you feel. It's just overall just make you want to dance. And that's the crazy thing about how it's actually arranged. Now you take Shaka's vocals and you throw that on top of there and her uncanny ability to ride the groove and make you feel good while she's singing. You combine technology, great 
arrangement and great voicing phrasing and impact from the human element which is shaka khan i mean you can't go wrong with that i mean those those things are still trying to be duplicated today i mean that 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 idea of what i just talked about is literally trying to be duplicated still to this day and we're talking about back in the early 80s so let me break it down a little bit more the precipice of the song for me occurs about three minutes where you have these hard synth hits and how they're walking up walking up walking up walking up to a key change and then shaka comes right back in and brings you right back down and keeps you on rhythm that right there is some very cool stuff musically and i know shaka is known for some of her greatest ballads and some of the greatest songs but something that's very underrated with her and you can hear this in all of her songs is what we like to call in, in music terms right not being laid on the beat right shaka khan for me when i hear the music for some reason it hits on time it's not really late right it hits on time an example of uh some vocals that's always pretty late on the beat is the beatles <laughs> and shaka don't do that shaka be on time and the thing is when you combine the phrasing that's on time you combine the synthesizers you combine the program drum machines and combine the technology to make the synth wave r&b sound guess what I assume that's why the B-Boys like it, because if you pop in a lock and you want stuff to be on beat, you want to hit those hard beats, you want to stop on a dime, whether you're popping, you're locking, you're, 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 you're B-Boying, you're ticking, whatever the case might be, you want to hit it right on the beat. And that's what makes it amazing with Shaka Khan and how she can actually do that. Um, I can go on and on about it. I've probably got a few more hours more left to, to talk about. But as always, I have to cut it short. Um, Shaka still performs, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so she's still around. She's still touring. Check her out. Go to her website. See her. Because the lady is still out here doing her thing. And there's some timeless, you know, classics um, that that's there. And, and one note, and I'm almost certain of this, but I don't have the exact dates. But wasn't Shaka Khan like the first uh, like R&B soul person to have like a, a, a rapper on? Like, wasn't that a thing? I think she was a pioneer of that. I, can, I don't know if I know anybody else that had that. But as far as something that's so common today, right? R&Bs and R&B artists having rappers on the hooks, right? I think Shaka was the first to do that. Tell me if I'm right or not, Rob. I appreciate you, my brother. So um, that's it for me, ladies and gentlemen. Lafame, uh, listen to the track, play it in your headphones, listen to it very closely, and enjoy the masterpiece of using synthesizers and drum machines on the cusp of technology and how great it can make a song and be very tasteful. That's it for your boy. It's your boy, James. Shout out to listeners. I'll talk to y'all next time. Peace. Chaka Khan, Chaka Khan, Chaka Khan, let me rock it, let me rock it, Chaka Khan. Let me rock it, it's all I wanna do. Chaka Khan, let me rock it, let me rock it, Chaka Khan. 
Let me run another feel for you Chaka Khan, what you tell me what you wanna do Do you feel for me the way I feel for you Chaka Khan, let me tell you what I wanna do I wanna love you, wanna hug you, wanna squeeze you too So let me take it in my arm, let me feel you with my charm Chaka, cause you know that I'm the one to keep you warm Chaka, I make it more than just a physical dream I wanna rock you, Chaka, baby, cause you make me wanna scream Let me rock you, rock you want to thank James for another great voice note. 
as he did a comprehensive look at the entire album I Feel For You, not just the single I Feel For You. And shout out to Shay as she did a great job honoring her hometown hero from her neighborhood, Southside Chicago legend, Shaka Khan. We'll have one more contributor from Chicago talking about the greatness and influence of Miss Yvette Marie Stevens, a.k.a. Shaka Khan, before the... <coughs> Before the podcast ends I Feel For You Is a masterpiece In every single word It is my all time favorite Shaka Khan up tempo song It's got elements of funk Elements of disco Elements of dance music And elements of hip hop it is the first, in my opinion, great hip-hop song, R&B song, collaboration between R&B artists and hip-hop. You have a song that was written by Prince five years prior that he gave to Shaka Khan. And Shaka Khan... Did the best version of I Feel For You. Blows away Prince's version. Blows away Prince's version. I'm not going to argue with anybody. Because Prince is on my Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Shaka Khan is not. So. I can say. Without prejudice. That Shaka Khan's I Feel For You. Blows away Prince's version of I Feel For You. You have. The legendary producer Arif Mardin Step up And use samples You see The huge hip hop influence In this song Like James said You see Shaka embracing A new style of music What makes this record Even more amazing is that you have arguably two of the five greatest singer, songwriter, musicians, combination, music geniuses that ever lived collaborate on this song. You got Prince who wrote the song and Stevie Wonder who plays the harmonica flawlessly in this song. You've got Arif Mardin using a finger fingertips the fingertip sample or is it fingerprints i always get fingerprints and fingertips i always get that song mixed up was it fingerprints or fingertips the huge hit the first hit that a uh, little stevie wonder had forgive me i am um i am um very 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 uh i'm trying to remember is it and it, I got early signs of dementia. Uh, I believe it's fingertips. You guys can correct me. They, uh, Mardine uses the the fingertips sample that goes perfectly with Stevie Wonder's harmonica because on this song it's Stevie Wonder playing in the studio the harmonica and then the harmonica and him going, "Baby, say yeah!" from the fingertips song, the sample. Then you have one of the f 
um, one of the first legendary MCs in the history of hip-hop, that's Melly Mel, who was part of the iconic Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five group, my first favorite hip-hop group. My first favorite, the first song that I love, the first hip-hop song that I love came out in 1979 was called Super Rapping by Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. They had the massive classic song, The Message, in 1982. Then there was a falling out, and Melly Mel went solo for a while. And here, he gets a huge national break. Because he gets to go on this Grammy Award. This song won two Grammy Awards. And he is the first MC, the first rapper to be on a Grammy-winning song. Years before the Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff won Best Hip Hop Act Grammy, Melly Mel was on a Grammy Award winning song, which also garnered Arif Mardin, Shaka Khan, and Prince because he wrote the song Grammy Awards. This song is hip-hop history because it's the first great hip-hop song that's a collaboration with an R&B artist. I don't count Rapture because that's Blondie rapping, talking about Fab Five Freddy. There's no great rapper MC in that song. I don't count Square Biz because that's Tina Marie rapping. This was the first great collabo. And Melly Mel delivers. Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan, I want to rock it, Shaka Khan. I want to feel for you, feel for you. Melly Mel, you hear the golden, that great fucking lyricist come through and knock it out the park when it's his turn. And Shaka? Shaka embodies the Minneapolis sound as great as any, no, not as great. Better than any female Artists that Prince ever produced on a Minneapolis sound type record, whether it would be Vanity, Apollonia, you name it, none of them hold a candle to Shaka. Shaka takes now this song has hip hop, disco, funk, dance, and the Minneapolis song all rolled into one. You hear it, listen to the instrumentals. I feel for you. And then Shaka, with her voice, blows away Prince's version. And she totally bodies this song. And you hear the joy in her voice as she sings, I feel for you. I think I love you. <laughs> baby, baby. Prince sung this song originally when he wrote it for himself back in 79. It was a falsetto in his signature falsetto voice. And it was a cool song. It never blew me away. But then when Shaka did it, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. And then the music video. My love for Shaka continues. Now, this is Shaka fully dressed with the big hair. Right? She's fully dressed. But her beauty just shines throughout the entire video screen. Check out the music video. 
ladies and gentlemen. Shaka's in a park up against a chain link fence next to a disc jockey. I think the, the brother's name was Chris Taylor. Oh, also, another reason why this song is monumental, historic, iconic. You have, in the music video and the song, you combine East Coast, Melly Mel, from the Bronx, from Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. You've got Shaka Khan, the singer, from the Midwest, Chicago. You got Prince, the songwriter, from Minneapolis. You got Stevie Wonder from Detroit or Saginaw, wherever, whichever place you want to claim. So you got three Midwestern giants. And then you have the breakdancing crew from Los Angeles. Shabadu Boogaloo Shrimp. All on one song. And Chris Taylor, the DJ, also from Los Angeles. So you have New York, Chicago, Detroit, Minneapolis, and Los Angeles all rolled up into one song, the music video. And then you you can't count the, 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 the break dances on the song, but this song... The music video is iconic. The song is iconic. Shaka Khan in her biggest hit of her career. And the only reason it didn't go to number one, because it was competing with Prince in 1984. Ladies and gentlemen, I was 16 at the time, so I could talk about this. 1983 was the year of Michael Jackson. 1984 was the year of Prince, because at the 85 Grammys, he won several Grammys for Purple Rain and for this song. When this song came out in the fall of 1984, Prince was red hot. So this was released at the right time for Shaka to have a biggest hit. She would have been number one if it wasn't for Wham's Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go and Prince. They blocked I Feel From You, I Feel For You from being number one. Prince had, two, had written two of the top three songs on the Billboard charts at the same time. And let me get back to the way Shaka looked in the music video. Her skin was glowing. That smile resonated through my heart. I mean, she was, oh, you, she was having fun. She was dancing her ass off. And she exuded, in the 70s, she exuded sexiness by flaunting that incredible derriere by showcasing her flat stomach by wearing these sexy outfits that oh man exemplified her beauty in the 1980s she was fully dressed she didn't show any skin she wasn't wearing tight clothes she was wearing uh baggy shirts to hide her figure but she couldn't hide the beauty of that exotic Exotic, exotic, exotic face of hers And the smile that lights up a room I've often told this to women I've dated throughout my life I would tell them you are the most beautiful woman in any room you're in Well, if they're in a room with Shaka I think they all take take number two Especially a Shaka at this point in time is 31 years old And she is as beautiful as ever that smile is incredible, and she 
just kills this song. I could talk for days about the greatness of this song. James is right. I feel for you. One of the greatest albums of all time. One of the greatest albums of the 1980s. The album and the song is a top five 1980s song, in my opinion. And think about it. That's when you take on Prince and Michael and Tina Turner and Duran Duran and Phil Collins and Lana Ritchie. All these people put out great music, but I feel for you. To me, it's a top five song because you have Prince the Songwriter, you got Stevie Wonder on harmonica, and you got Shaka Khan and Melly Mel on vocals. Melly Mel with the rap, Shaka Khan taking a Prince song and doing it better than Prince ever could. You know what's sad about this song? The only sad part about this song. You have Hall of Famers up and down in the song. You've got Stevie Wonder, Prince, and Melly Mel all in the Rocker Hall of Fame. But the signature star in this song, the main vocalist, the person that made this a star with her vocals, is not in the Rocker Hall of Fame. This song belongs in the Smithsonian Institute. This song belongs in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. This song is one of those. And let me stop talking because I could talk forever and a day on the greatness of I Feel For You. We're going to hear my buddy Lala speak up next. And then we're going to hear Through The Fire, which is on the shortlist for greatest ballads of the 1980s. Hey Rob, this is Lala. Oh man, this is another one of those artists where it's really hard to narrow down to just one song. Um, Shaka, she's really dope. Like, I just like her whole like personality, everything about her. You know, she's one of those people that's gonna say what she feels and what she means and have no type of remorse for her because she's been known to to be the, the, you know, the shade queen. But I don't think she's throwing shade. I think she's just being real, you know, just being authentic, you know. I guess that's how a lot of artists were back then compared to now. I don't know, there's like three songs of Shaka's that I just can't go without listening that I, I, I have to hear every now and again. Uh, that's Through the Wire, Everlasting Love, and this song that came out on one of her most, re- well, I'm saying most recent, but it was the early 2000s, or the late 2000s. Um, the funk this album and it was called Angel and that song is just so personal to me. It's very relatable because growing up I was troubled and couldn't figure it out. So I know this is <laughs> this was gonna be quite an exciting one, you know, because. I done heard Shaka mentioned a few times on this podcast. So now we really get the full story, which I, I think we pretty much got the idea. But, you know, um, 
Also, this is funny because my my um, mother, when she had my sister, she actually was going to name her Shaka Khan, like the moment she was born. And my sister's father was like, don't name her Shaka Khan. And uh, long story short, they ended up naming her after Jocelyn Brown, who was beginning to make her way, but probably wasn't known by too many people. And later on, you know, I was doing my little research and I asked my mom, I said, what would make you want to name your child Shaka Khan when Shaka Khan's mother didn't even name her Shaka Khan? And I don't think my mother was aware that that was just a stage name. But as always, thank you for having me and I look forward to hearing the show. In your heart to anyone You tell me you're gonna play it smart We're through before we start But I believe that we've only just begun When it's this good there's no
I want to thank Lala for always contributing to this podcast week in, week out. And there have been times when she's been sick, when she's been busy, and she still has found time to bless me and the listeners with a voice note. And it's always very endearing. And what I love about her voice notes is that it's always filled with memories of yesterday. Memories with a family, memories with her parents, grandparents, brothers, sisters, etc. So, shout out to Lala. Thank you again. And Through the Fire is one of the greatest ballads of the 1980s. And written and produced by the legendary David Foster. David Foster once said that this was the only song he ever wrote with an artist in mind. He said that when he wrote this song, he wrote the title as Shaka because he couldn't give this song to anybody else, not in his opinion. And when she agreed to do this song, it made him, it made him, it made his career. And from that point on, he became one of the biggest songwriters in music. And you'll see his work throughout the 80s and 90s. I'll reference it as his work comes up in future podcasts. Whenever, whenever a song he's written that's a, that I will be discussing on a podcast, I will discuss the greatness of David Foster. But this might be the greatest love song he ever wrote. Through the Fire, no one else can sing the song. And I don't care if it's with Houston. Mariah Carey, Adele, if they brought Tina Marie back up off the grave. No one is singing this song like Shaka Khan, not Patti LaBelle, not a prime Aretha Franklin. This song, like David Foster said, was written with Shaka Khan in mind, with Shaka Khan's vocal prowess in mind. And she floats throughout this entire song. She sings a heart out. And she is singing the ultimate unconditional love song from a woman to a man that she loves. Listen to some of these lyrics. And I love when she goes, before I to that part, when she goes, I look in your eyes and I can see we've loved so dangerously. You're not trusting your heart to anyone. You tell me you're going to play it smart. We're through before we start. But I believe that we've only just begun. And I love this part. When is this good? This no say no. I love it. I want you so I'm ready to go. Oh man. This opening line, these opening lines tell me the story. Tell me that this story is about a woman who loves this man. And the man loves her, but he's been hurt. And he's not sure that he should progress with this love affair. That he should put his all because he's afraid of getting burnt again. Because he's afraid of getting hurt again. Case in point, you're not trusting your heart to anyone. You tell me you're going to play it smart. But we know that she's the one. 
when she goes and she sings it so beautiful when it's this when it's this good there's no saying no i love that part because she bodies that line oh my god shaka khan and then of course the famous chorus through the fire to the limit to the wall for a chance to be with you and she, the way she sings i'll gladly risk it all Oh, this woman loves this man. Fellas, if you meet a woman, a beautiful woman, whether she's beautiful inside or both inside and out or whatever, if she's great with your children, if she's great with her children, if she's there for you all the time, if she says anything like this, if she gladly risks it all, go get that ring. Go get that ring and put it on her finger. Put a ring on it. For a chance at loving you, I'll take it all the way right down to the wire, even through the fire. Now, kudos to Kanye West. At the beginning of his career, Kanye, now the controversial Chicago legend, once again. Chicago's been a huge theme throughout this entire podcast. Shout out to all my listeners from Chicago. All right. One day I hope to visit the Windy City. Right. Kanye withdrew the wire using the Shaka Khan song, using a sped up version of her lyrics as a sample, of uh, singing as a sample. Introduce people like my 12-year-old son at the time to Shaka Khan. Young people. She, This is the greatness of, of music. This is the magic of music, especially hip-hop, when done correctly. And Kanye was a master at doing this. Like Through the Sky that he did with Lupe Fiasco that introduced a lot of young people to Curtis Mayfield, another Chicago legend. He first did that with Through the Wire. And then, of course, the iconic poster video ending of the song where he kisses a poster of Shaka Khan at the end of the song. That's a new Chicago star paying homage to a pioneer Chicago legend. I could go on all day about the greatness of Through the Fire. It is a masterpiece of a love song. David Foster, in my opinion, the greatest love song he ever wrote. Shaka Khan, the greatest love song she ever sang. One of the top five ballads of the 1980s. I mean, this is just flawless. This is right up there with Lady in My Life. This is right up there with anything Jeffrey Osborne did. Anything James Ingram did. Anything Whitney Houston did Anything Luther did It's on that level This is how great of a fucking love song Through the fire is It's up there with the here and nows It's up there with a door It's up there with Want you Need you Love you It's up there on that Make it last forever level It's a masterpiece of a love song Sung by one of the greatest female voices that ever lived The song 
was perfectly written for her, and she hits a home run. I've never seen Shaka Khan in concert. Those who have, let me know the job she does with this song. Let me know your impressions. For those who are listening, hit me up on Twitter, Robert Silver 5768 Tweet. Let me know. Did she do this song justice live? I want to know. Um, man, I, I just fucking love this song. And I play it over and over and over again. I remember the first time I heard this song. I was 16 years old. Fall of 1984. I had just bought the cassette. The album cassette. I feel for you when it came out. And the two songs I played over and over again was I Feel For You and Through The Fire. Anybody who knows me knows I love ballads. I That's all I listen to these days is ballads. And I played that so, those two songs over and over again. And, and Through The Fire, I would always you know, visualize if I ever got married that this would be the song that the woman I'm marrying is singing to me. As she as she's coming down the aisle. <laughs> oh man, such a great song. Alright, let me stop. Because I could talk forever on Through the Fire. The next voice note. Let me get this correct. The next voice note will be from Sicily, another Chicago native who will talk about the greatness of and influence of Chaka Khan when it comes to the city of Chicago. And then we will play another great collaboration Chaka Khan did, another great love song she wrote with the legendary Bruce Hornsby, and we'll talk all about it on the other side. There is no way I can get past talking about the great Chaka Khan. Um as a you know black woman coming up in chicago and just doing it you know um she makes it look so so good for us um we pretty much all look up to her um her openness about you know her um trials and tribulations as an artist and as a person um have been instructive and and i think we've all we take it out of love I know I do. Um, we revere Shaka Khan. Um, it's really not much more I can say about about her um, and the grace that you know that she moves with. Um, it's just instructive, you know. Sometimes we complain about the artists that go along for the okie doke in the industry. Um, but we really don't spend enough time talking about the artists who really resist the foolishness and who um, persevere enough to still bless us with their art, but at the same time maintain their um, integrity as human beings. And um, even in the art world, you know, in Chicago, um, is nothing but love really spoken about Shaka Khan even behind her back so it's a lot to be said for that um and uh thanks Rob again for highlighting 
the positive that we do represent um, in the art world and in music especially. And I just appreciate you guys so much. Thank you. Shout out to uh, Sicily. Um, you could hear the love in her voice, the admiration in her voice, the respect in her voice when she spoke about shock in her voice. No, you could hear it in her voice. It was almost as though 
Cicely was holding back tears talking about the legend Shaka Khan and what she means to the city of Chicago. And Cicely, Shay, LL, yes, you have a singer that's on the level of any other great city's legend. In my opinion, I'm a New Yorker. The two greatest singers to ever come out of New York are Luther Vandross and Mariah Carey. You guys have Donnie Hathaway and Shaka Khan. They are on the same level as Luther and Mariah. Chicago's got some heavyweights, man. Curtis Mayfield, the list is long. And I heard in Cicely's voice the love, admiration, and respect she has for Shaka Khan. And I didn't go into Shaka Khan as being a member of the Black Panther Party in, the, in, in her teenage years and serving free breakfast and lunch to children throughout the south side of Chicago. Right? I'll save that for part two because there will be a part two of the career of Shaka Khan. Got to. There's so much music that we haven't talked about. So much things about her life that I didn't bring up. So in part two, we will talk about her charitable causes and her way of thinking, her philosophy, and just the love of mankind, especially black people, that Shaka Khan has. Love Me Still is a great song written by Shaka Khan and the legendary Bruce Hornsby. Bruce Hornsby, back in 1986, I was a freshman at Loyola University in New Orleans my freshman year I went to go buy some cassettes And I saw Bruce Hornsby and the Rangers Bruce Hornsby and the Range debut album And I had heard the way it is on the radio That's just the way it is Some things. One of the great social conscious songs of all time Bruce Hornsby was, was and is like a modern day Bob Dylan Bruce Hornsby, one of the few rock, well, he really wasn't rock. He was more pop. You could even call him pseudo-folk music. But Bruce Hornsby, one of the few white acts that I, that I uh, musicians that I respect because he has been consistent throughout his entire life about wanting social change and wanting um, equality amongst all people. I remember doing Allen Iverson's MVP season, 2000-2001. Bruce Hornsby was at one of the Sixer games. And sideline reporter asked Bruce, oh, you a Sixers fan? Bruce like, no, I'm an Allen Iverson fan because we're from the same hometown and we love Allen Iverson. And I sat back and I said, I love this, man. I love this. Despite the controversy that AI was involved with in high school where he was railroaded and sent to prison on a trumped up attempted murder charge. Listen to the Allen Iverson um, podcast that I did with my buddy Mike Troy. I talked all about it. Bruce was a thousand percent behind AI and I loved seeing that. Well, in... Love You Still, 
His piano playing is flawless. Basically, this song, Love Me Still, is Bruce Hornsby playing the piano and Shaka singing. Like, it, this could have just been them two in a nightclub in an old after-hour spot. He's playing the piano and she's singing with that angelic voice of hers. And the song, to me, is like a sequel to Through the Fire. This song is about an everlasting love, a love that transcended time, a love that continued through years, through years of loving each other. Here is my hand for you to hold. Here's the part of me they have not sold. I've wandered far. I've had my fill. I need you now. Do you love me still? This I interpret as Shaka talking about the trials and tribulations of her career, the the battle with her with weight gain, the battle with drug use, the battle with alcohol, and how despite all of that, I've wandered far, I've had my fill, I need you now, do you love me still? She's asking the man that has loved her and she's loved all these years. Are you still with me? I love you still. I need you now. Do you love me still? Only you have seen the hidden part of me. Call me foolhardy if you will. I loved you when. Do you love me still? The fucking lyrics in this song are deep. So many smiles and lies surround me. Empty expectations, faceless fears. Sometimes this life is a bitter pill. I love you now. Do you love me still? In this song, she needs this man's love more than ever as a, as a sign of comfort, as something to hold on to while she tries to put her life back together. You, you have been mine since Time untold Our love is immortal Don't you know Others will come And they will go But I loved you young I love you old When I hear this song This is I always said this part of the song That's me singing to her Cause I loved her when I was young When I was 7 years old And I love her old <laughs> No I loved her when she was young And I was young I was 7 she was 21 And I will love her old I love her old I'm 54 She'll be 70 in exactly 4 weeks Man <laughs> I, Only you have seen the other side of me Call me naive I think you will but I loved you then. Do you love me still? Here are the eyes that only see you. Here is the mouth that only calls your name. She's the only, he's the only man she loves. Here is the soul that cannot kill. I love you now. Do you love me still? Then Bruce ends the song with a piano solo. Three and a half minute song. A fucking masterpiece. This was played on the Clocker soundtrack, and I think they played the song when the, the movie ended. Just an amazing song. 
and the perfect song to complement a song that came out er 11 years earlier in Through the Fire. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed this tribute to Shaka Khan. I apologize for my uh, libido being out of whack. I have loved Shaka Khan since I was six years old. I keep saying seven. I first saw her when I was six because it was 1974. I loved her young. I love her old. Shaka is, was my first crush. I still love that woman. Um, I hold her on a pedestal. And she's the reason why I date the women I date. They all have that look, like my mom says. They all look the same, rabbit. <laughs> God bless Shaka Khan. I, you can tell by her interviews, by her performances, that she continues to be comfort, comfortable in her own skin. She's overcome so much. She is the epitome of a strong black woman. No matter what life throws at them. They persevere. And I appreciate that, Ashaka. I appreciate all the great music she's made through the years. We're going to hear a voice note from my buddy Larry from Jacksonville, Florida. And then we are going to play one final song after his voice note. A song that she released last year called Woman Like Me. And in this song, she talks about how... It's an empower. It's a. It's another female empowering song. She talks about the trials and tribulation of today's woman, especially today's black woman, how they're looked upon as sex sex objects, but they're more than an ass in them jeans. <laughs> That's the first line. And when I thought of that, I was like, "Damn, I never got to see Shaka Khan in any type of picture with jeans on." I could just imagine how in her prime that ass looked in jeans. Anyway. When you hear this song, you hear her talking about the trials and tribulations of what women, young women especially, go through today, young black women, and it's a tremendous song. The last That was the last song she released last year, and um, she performed this song phenomenally on the Jennifer Hudson show that I keep mentioning, that I kept mentioning throughout the podcast. So we're going to hear Larry, we're going to hear the song, but before we hear Larry and a woman like me, I want to thank the listeners, I want to thank all the great contributors like Larry, like Cicely, like LL, like Aja, like Shay, I, so many, too many to name, Tevin, Tyrone, Kamani, Jay, if I didn't meet Lala, trying to get everybody's name in there, anyway, um, I just had a ball doing the show. I and of course my brother Jr. Um, I had a ball doing the show. This was a woman that I, at the age of six, fell deeply in love with. Watching her on a 13-inch black and white TV, and I've seen the progression of her career, and I've seen that she, despite everything that has gone wrong in her life, maintained her integrity, and she'll be 70 years old soon, four weeks. And she is still a beautiful, drop-dead, gorgeous woman. Black does not crack. Next week, we talk about the greatness of Tevin Campbell, his great run from 1990 to 1995. 
until we talk, the great Tevin Campbell. I want everybody out there to continue to be blessed and be a blessing. Well, we talk about uh, Shaka Khan. Um, we can just go by just beyond talented, but just had a, a free spirit about herself, you know, the way she dressed and the way her voice was just so soulful and, and just fierce. Like, I'm going to call it fierce and the way she just laid those songs out, like, tell me something good with the funk. You know, funk was so, she did a nice fusion with Rufus. Um, one of my favorite songs from her is uh, I Feel For You. I think she had a uh, turbo from Breaking. I always thought it was pretty dope, you know, with hip-hop and R&B meshing. And she had the break dance in the video and everything else. You know, each decade she had a new hit. She had, she always adjusted with the times. And I, think, I don't know, she's just one of those rare gems that we had back in the day. I mean, and with her and, and Rufus, it kind of reminded me like a... a updated, more refreshed version of Glass Night the Pips with a different style that she went solo and just had a fabulous career. Uh, I'm not sure she making any more new music, but I love to hear it. I just think, well, her work should be noted. It should be celebrated. That she still looks good. She, she still has her voice, and she's still inspired by music. And much respect to Shaka Khan. And uh, Robert, again, thanks for letting me uh, give my intake on uh, Shaka Khan. Y'all be safe. Take it easy. Thank you, bye.